Welcome to Listen Up America, a show about the truth, opinions, and thinking. A constitutional and conservative podcast in a world of woke cancel culture. We are the resistance. Coming to you from the LUA Podcast Studios, I'm your host, Eric, and welcome to Listen Up America. So you guys know, uh, you listen to the opening trailer week after week after week, and it talks about standing up to the woke cancel culture and how all of us are the resistance. Okay, yeah, I'm making a little fun of John Connor, right? Terminator, if you didn't get the reference. But I'm being serious to a point of we have to stand up, right? I've talked about, you know, voting with your wallet and canceling things. and You know, just stay away from the nonsense. If they're going to play games, play games. What we've been seeing as of late is just this incessant snowball of cancel culture and wokeness. And you can't say that. You can't say that. You can't say this. It has gotten so obscene. That we have the people on the left, the ones that are controlling all this and redefining language, creating terms, but they can't define any of it. Anti-racist, non-racist. I'm like, wait, what? Isn't that the same thing? Apparently it's not. Uh, And I don't even want to know because that's the game. It's just a word hole. They just want you not to be you know, just don't be racist. It's not enough to just not be racist. You have to be not racist. Then you have to, if you're white, step aside in whatever profession you're in and allow someone who may not be as qualified or talented to do the job you've been given because you're white. You you, you know, it's just stupid. But it comes down to this. You know how you stand up to it? And this is my encouragement and has been since the beginning of the podcast started. Is you rise up as one. Ladies and gentlemen, presenting tonight's colors is the United States Coast Guard. And now, please join Nicole Revive as we sing together our national anthem. That happened twice in the same arena this week. 
the amazing fans of the New York Islanders. That's hockey. Remember I told you what sports do I like? NHL. If you like violence, if you like speed, if you like skill, and you like the physical nature of the sport, of any sport, you're going to want to watch hockey. But they stood up. It's about 15,000. It was sold out. Everybody in the arena, as you could hear, sang the anthem proudly, happily. I'm looking as they're panning. They're everywhere. They had white people and brown people and black people, Asian people. They had everybody together, hand over heart, singing with pride, as you could tell. That's how you beat this nonsense. Because every week that goes by, they dig their heels in deeper and deeper into this insanity. And every week, more and more people in this country go, what? And that is a good sign. It's, it's a sign that some common sense and reality where you can push people. I mean, people will allow you. You can see it every day. will allow you to do and say and behave certain ways to a point. And everyone's limit is different. Mine ended, you know, 30 years ago. And other people are just getting there. That's okay. As we say, welcome to the resistance. Because this isn't a political party thing. This is a way of life thing. And they are impeding their way of life. And I will prove it to you like I always do. With their own words, their own actions, and their own behavior. And some of this you may have heard of, and some of this you may not. So, so this week you got this guy at NPR. His name is uh, Eric Deegans. He's a black gentleman. You know, he works on taxpayer money. And he decides, like all of NPR, that we trash America because it's a horrible racist, anti-racist, non-racist, whatever. Just, just jibber-jabber. They just say these, they just make up phrases and words, and, and it's supposed to have some kind of power. Like, if you don't get it, you're not enlightened. Yeah, I don't get it, and I pretty much know you're an idiot. So I'm enlightened enough to know that you're stupid. But they sit there, you know, Tom Hanks wrote uh, something in the New York Times op-ed, whatever. Just talking and, you know, people getting together and working along and so forth. And he gets attacked because, well, he just plays a bunch of white heroes in movies and blah, 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 and he doesn't know nothing. Because they were talking about discussing the history, uh, the true history, like I was trying to explain last week and other people have been trying to explain versus what the media is saying about the Tulsa, you know, whatever you want to call it, the race riot is what it was. Massacre is a very overused word in that sense. Because they were not innocent victims. They were picking a fight, as we explained, and so forth. But he's attacked. Now, he has to be non-racist and anti-racist. I'm like, what? is there a difference between those two words? They're both like a negative connotation with the word racist. So I'm like, I don't know. You know what? Your vocabulary that you're using doesn't make you smart. It doesn't. You're just saying a bunch of lip, just crap. Useless, pointless crap that has no definition. Like I said, I'll prove to you that they don't even know what words mean. They just say it because it sounds, you know, if I, if I emphasize it, if I, you know, come out there and, and pound my fist, that it must be an emphatic statement or you're just an idiot. You know, Clay Travis, I don't know if any of you know him. He founded Outkick the Coverage and it was a sports slash political venture still out there. It's on YouTube. You can see uh, Outkick. Just go to Outkick or Clay Travis. And so something really interesting happened this week. For those very small few out there that actually still watch CNN, by the way, the ratings are down 72%. Okay. Just so like, instead of having like a million people watching, they got like 200. It, it's, it's really bad. No one's watching. 
But there was a guy, you might remember during the lockdown and all that stuff, there was a gentleman from CNN. He is their legal analyst, Jeffrey Tobin. Do you all know who that guy was? So he was on a Zoom call with colleagues at CNN, legal analyst, remind you of this because it gets really hilarious. He was caught spanking the monkey on Zoom in front of everybody. So they removed him from the air and they suspended him. And then, you know, thanks for playing. Fair enough. The guy basically sexually harassed the entire Zoom call. And, you know, and maybe even sexually assaulted, depending on your point of view of this. So it makes sense. Well, Clay Travis is no longer allowed to be on CNN. And the reason why, he said he believed in the First Amendment and boobs. Now, you get that, right? He's First Amendment and boobs. He's being funny, but yet serious. And holy shnikes, did lady get offended. You did not just say B-O-O-B-S, did you? And he's like, uh, no, I said boobs. <laughs> so he got kicked off CNN for saying that. Well, guess who's back to work at CNN? <laughs> Mr. Tobin, come on down! And they had the most awkward reintroduction of this guy of all time. And uh, it made everyone's skin crawl. Even the people on the left are like, oh my God, did you just like bring up that he was pleasuring himself on TV? Yes, he was. <laughs> and yes, they did. This goes on all the time, right? So Clay Travis, you're out. Now the good news is Clay Travis, he sold out kick, even though he's still working with it to Fox News. So Fox News owns that. He has also been aligned with, and I can't remember off the top of my head, with somebody who's taking over the Rush Limbaugh slot which would be a very good, I, I like the tandem idea because I'm sorry, no one person can do what El Rushbo did every day. Just can't. But you can have two people with um, personality and uh, attitude and insights and perspectives and bring them together and have a really interesting conversation. So I actually look forward to that. But he's canceled, can't go to CNN. The, the spanker, he, he's back on, everything's forgiven. And that's kind of a theme. You'll see how this goes. You know, Amazon, my least favorite shopping thing on the planet. They are still selling gear and apparel on their site that says from the Blue Lives Murder line. That's still out there. You still get it. But finding conservative t-shirts, apparel from celebrities or commentators, entertainers, things like that, that do have YouTube channels and, and uh, maybe add a Facebook page before they killed it that would just be patriotic. That's all gone. I mean, just think about that. Blue Lives Murder, totally okay. They're probably selling 10 of those a week. But Blue Lives Matter, you know, you're selling 10,000 a day. That's gotta go. Uh-huh. So that's why you vote with your wallet. Just don't buy anything from those clowns. Buy local. Support something else. Get away from that. That's the only way they're going to notice and care is if you take away their monetary value and income. So it'll take us now to maybe the funniest thing I've seen and heard in a while. Cause I've told you guys the, the talk shows, the nighttime stuff, the Jimmy Kimmel's and the Stephen Colbert. That's where this clip comes from. They're not funny. They're mean, nasty, angry white guys that have paychecks coming in from mean, nasty, white corporations. 
And if you don't say what we say and think what we think and do what we do, I'll find somebody else that will. So they're doing all this for money. You know, the great evil, the thing they, you know, black people so oppressed about as they make millions upon millions. Hell, Jimmy Kimmel's now got a college football game for a bowl game at the end of the season next year, named after him, the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. Really? Really? (sighs) Whatever. But on Stephen Colbert this week, one John Stewart came on the show and he said this. I, I, and I honestly mean this. I think we owe a great debt of gratitude to science. Science has in many ways helped ease uh, the suffering of this pandemic, uh, which was more than likely caused by science. <laughs> so, and that's kind of... Hold on a second. No, 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 Listen, listen. I'll, it's I'll, coffee. I wouldn't I'm, do that. I wouldn't do that to you. I'm so what, what do you takes, but, but what do you what, 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 what do you mean by that? Do you mean like well, so this was, perhaps there's there's there a chance that this was created in a lab? There's an investigation. A chance. Well, but I, so, I, 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 oh my if God. there's evidence, I'd love to hear it. There's I just don't a know. novel respiratory coronavirus overtaking Wuhan, China. What do we do? Oh, you know who we could ask the. Wuhan novel respiratory coronavirus lab. The disease is the same name as the lab. That's just, that's just a little too weird, don't you think? And then they I, ask I, those scientists, they're like, how did this, so wait a minute, you work at the Wuhan respiratory coronavirus lab. How did this happen? And they're like, mm, a pangolin kissed a turtle. <laughs> and you're like, no, I, you, you, the wait, name wait, of your lab, wait. if you look at the name, Look at the name. Can I, let me see your business card. Show me your business card. Oh, I work at the coronavirus lab in Wuhan. Oh, because there's a coronavirus loose in Wuhan. How did that happen? Maybe a bat flew into the cloaca of a turkey and then it sneezed into my chili and now we all have coronavirus. Like, come on. Okay, wait, okay, a, wait, a, okay. wait a second. Wait a what second. about this? What about wait this? Listen to this. Wait a second. All right. John. Oh my God. Oh my God. There's been an outbreak of chocolatey goodness near Hershey, Pennsylvania. What do you think happened? Like, oh, I don't know. Maybe a steam shovel made it with a cocoa bean. Or it's the <laughs> chocolate factory. Maybe that's it. That could be. That could be. That that could By be. By the way, Let me... I gave them all tuberculosis. Just yes. That could that could very well be. And Anthony Fauci and Francis Collins and NIH have said like it should definitely be investigated. Don't stop with the logic and people and things. The no, name of the disease. Wait a second. Wait is a on second. The building. Wait a second. But I, I, it could be possible. You could be right. It could be possible that they have the lab in Wuhan to study the novel coronavirus diseases because in Wuhan there are a lot of novel coronavirus diseases because of the bat population sure, no, there. I understand. It's, it's like the same. It's like, a wait local a specialty, and it's the only place to find bats. You won't find bats no, anywhere like else. Saying oh, why? wait. Austin, Texas has thousands of them that fly out of a cave every night. 
Every night at dusk. Is there a, a coronavirus in Austin coronavirus? No, it doesn't seem to be an Austin coronavirus. <laughs> the only coronavirus we have is in Wuhan. Yes. Where they have a lab called, what's the lab called again, Stephen? The Wuhan what? Novel Coronavirus Lab. I believe that's uh -huh. the case. And now, how long have you worked for Senator Ron Johnson? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about Ron Johnson. This is not a conspiracy. Here's it, the thing it, about science. A, you could be right. Here's, you could be right. But this is the problem with science. Science is incredible. But they don't know when to stop, and nobody in the room with those cats ever goes, yeah, I don't know if we should do that. Like, they're... A few I agree, years back, I agree with you. If science can do it, they will do it. They will do it. They're like, oh, curiosity killed the cat. Oh, okay, well, let's kill 10,000 cats to find out why. And you're like, that's what science does. They, they push things. They, they do the thing like, okay, listen to this. So, a few years back... You know we stopped filming a lot. I understand time that. <laughs> can I tell you something? This is... This is what happens. I've been... I, I've, I've been alone for so long. <laughs> and when I realized that the laboratory was having the same name, <laughs> first name and last name, <laughs> of the evil that had been plaguing us, I thought to myself, that's <laughs> John Stewart has moments and he had moments back when he was on and doing the daily show on comedy central back in the day when he was, you know, making fun of everything. Um, he has a touch of George Carlin to him and I hope he expands on that. Cause I do miss me some George Carlin. Um, but all he did was state the obvious, like I've been doing, I was like, well, if one plus one is two, Perhaps this is true. And you, I mean, Stephen Colbert, oh, he was really not happy about all this. It could be true. It could be true. But show me the facts. Show me the facts. Okay, this would be, this would have been banned two weeks ago on YouTube. You wouldn't be able to find this clip anywhere. Poof, gone. He's off the list. All he did was state common sense and be funny about it like I've been doing. Just sitting there going, come on. Come on. Really? You can't be that naive. The emails from Fauci and everything, and I've got stuff coming up here. I mean, you got, you have scientists, okay? You have scientists that gathers like a list of 30, 40, 50 of them that wrote emails and stuff like that as a group talking about this. And they just, and these emails are released. They, there's one that was found in there that said, we didn't speak out a year ago because we didn't want to be associated with Trump. Don't ever tell me that this was science. This whole thing was politics. I don't want to save lives and speak truths because I don't want to be labeled uh, a racist and a xenophobe and a, some psycho. And a, I just don't want all that trouble. You don't want the trouble? So you just let people die by lying. That's what they did. They put politics ahead of science. So John Stewart, well, he's going to get canceled. You remember, he, he was huge with the uh, teens and the 20s, you know, 10 years ago. So now they're all 20s and 30s. And here's what they're saying on their, uh, you know, social media, because no one ever listens to me in real life. I've watched you for years, never been disappointed until tonight. 
spewing an unproven outside theory is extremely irresponsible. You gotta cry in this. The nuts on the right do not need more crazy juice. Please stop. Stuart was being racist as boop, and it doesn't matter where a pathogen arises, does it? They didn't even end it in a question mark, but it, there should be a question mark in the moron. I don't recall pointing fingers at French airline workers, do you? I don't even know what he's talking about. Um, he just goes on. It's from effing Earth. Uh, you know, it's like, oh my God. John Stewart talking about a COVID leak hypothesis as he became a crazy MAGA Republican. WTF. <laughs> Another person, WTF. Oh, that was disappointing. Not just John Stewart's anti-Chinese rants. It's anti-Chinese now. Well, still, I guess now he's he's Trump. See, all he did is took the Trump criticisms and the criticisms of me and just slapped it on John Stewart. We'll go to this last one. John Stewart was one of my idols until tonight. You idolize these people? <laughs> you need to check yourself. <laughs> An idol being a comedian. I, uh, I, I appreciate humor in all forms, as long as it's funny. John Stewart is funny most of the time. He's way funnier than these hacks that are running nighttime talk show TV crap. It's just a joke. So now he's being crucified because, you know, he said what he said, which was, maybe it's the Wuhan lab from Wuhan that started it. Where did we hear all that before? Hey, like I said, it takes people longer than others to catch up to the train. I'm still on the train. Come on in. I'll slow down for you. But you're going to have to kind of pick up your pace. But that is what fighting woke and the cancel culture is all about. It, it's not going to stop. We have to stop it. We have to laugh. We have to acknowledge information. Speaking of which... Reports suggest U.S. is harboring top Chinese official close to Xi Jinping who gave info on pandemic origin. This is from June 18th. Okay, and this is not like, you know, it's whatever, conspiracy site. Here you go. A flurry of recent media reports suggest that the U.S. government might be harboring a top Chinese official who is reportedly close to Chinese President Xi Jinping. The report suggests that Dong Jingwei, a longtime official in Chinese Ministry of State Security, defected to the United States to turn over information about the Wuhan Institute of Virology and the origins of the coronavirus pandemic. Chinese language, anti-communist media, and Twitter are abuzz this week with rumors that the Vice Minister of State Security, Dong Jingwei, defected in mid-February, flying from Hong Kong to the United States with his daughter. I mean, this goes on. So now, the report repeatedly cautioned that various intelligent experts have cautioned that the information is nothing more than a rumor at this point and that it could be very well false. It could be, but this is not my brother's sister's cousin's third aunt said. This is reports within the government are saying this happened. And China says, he's gone. So is it possible that some of this or all of this could be true? Very much so. Do we know for 100%? No, because it doesn't serve this current administration. It doesn't serve Fauci at all. If this came out and it goes, oh yeah, right here, the NIH money, this is what we did with it, this is how we did it, da, da, da. it doesn't serve them. So the chances that this information is going to be forthcoming is slim and none. 
But this is just another report, another week that goes by that there's a little more information from people that are really doing their job trying to find truth in what the hell just happened this last 18 months. And all I'm doing is sharing that information. We're never, I've told you before and I'll tell you, we're never going to know for sure unless China just says, you know what, we did it. They've covered everything up. Everyone says, well, Biden's got to push the WHO organization to go back in. For what? It's all cleaned up. It's gone. Witnesses are dead. What, what, what are they going to do? It's over. There is nothing. And they waited a year to go in the first place. It's, there's nothing there. There's nothing credible with Biden and Jing and Wu and Fauci. They're all just stumbling over each other. And instead of cleaning up, now they're just throwing mud on it. Just cover it in mud. That's your cancel culture. That's where we're at right now. And that's why I say, you are the resistance. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Our Instagram page is at listen underscore up underscore America underscore. And our Facebook page is L-U-A podcast all together. L-U-A podcast on Facebook. So please join the community. Tell us what you think and uh, share with all your friends and let them know how awesome we are. We spend $250 billion a year on defense, and here we are. The fate of the planet is in the hands of a bunch of retards I wouldn't trust with a potato gun. <laughs> Every time I hear that, it just makes me laugh. And I, I told my producer, a.k.a. my son, I think I want that one for Chairman Joe's future intros. <laughs> I wouldn't trust that guy with a potato gun. Now, this is going to be short and sweet because, man... I told you, I'm sure he's going to say something and do something at uh, the G7. And he did. He did everything. He did everything he could wrong. It was a train wreck. If you just watched and listened, and and then I'm not saying just watch CNN because they, well, they kind of got on him too um, because he yelled at one of the reporters. But we'll get to all that. This This is what happened at the G7 summit. He perved on Boris Johnson's wife. He perved straight up twice. I'm just glad to meet her. I'm like, okay. He, he, he just, he literally in one move in the video, he, he does a swim maneuver over Boris to get to his wife. Who's like 20 years younger than him or something. So he's like, Oh, look at there. you like, how you cross your legs. <laughs> yeah. So he perved, he got lost. He was, uh, heading for lunch and somehow his handlers weren't handling him. And he just drifted onto a patio of a cafe. He was not supposed to be at. And you see this blonde, younger blonde, it wasn't, it wasn't Dr. Jill, come running up, Mr. President, Mr. President, and she just grabs him and she's shaking her head like, oh my God, he got away. It's like he's an infant, okay? We have an Alzheimer's patient just walked out the house and just walked into the street and, and who am I and why am I here? And, she, and everyone's laughing. Everyone on the patio is laughing. There you go, that's our president. And then he, uh, he repeated Boris. They were sat down and Boris is doing the introductions because it is in England. So it is his responsibility and it is just etiquette for, I'd like to thank such and such coming and such. So he announces the South African president and Joe instantly goes, oh, don't forget about the South African president. He goes, uh, yes, Joe, I just introduced him and I will. And he's like, and he, Joe's like double thumbs up. Like, yeah. And points at him like, see, I'm like, welcome to the party, pal. He yelled. 
several times. He grumbled. This is all like with reporters and stuff like that. He had pauses that lasted five to 10 seconds. He lost his train of thought multiple times. He has his list of pre-approved asking reporter questions that his staff gives him. And he even says, I got a list here from my staff of pre-approved questions. It's like he reads the parts on the teleprompter. You're not supposed to read. It's like direction. And he reads it all. And then you're like, why did he just say that? Because he's an idiot. Then from there, uh, you know, he talked about the approved staff and then, oh, this is good. So he sat down for three hours and I'm guessing because nobody was in there. Nobody was in there when he and Putin sat down for three hours. I'm pretty sure we surrendered and we are now um, the Soviet Western Bloc, I guess we'd be. Okay, they talked about the cyber attacks and they think they've got an agreement. Here's the agreement. Nothing is signed. Nothing is formalized. They just agree that Russians are attacking America, infrastructure and businesses. And Putin says, well, I think you're attacking us. So, you know, it's the tit for tat. They always do this. This is Cold War 101. And they agreed that if a citizen of either country is caught doing it, they will be sent to the other country. Okay, this is how this is going to go. I am Putin and you have attacked my pipeline. And the pipeline is working fine. Or maybe it has been. I don't know. Give me your people. Well, you know, our justice system here says we have to prosecute and get to deal with it all. And else I can't just turn them over. So that won't happen. And then we're going to go, hey, you've attacked us for the 28th time. We need those people. I don't know about no people. How do you have proof? You have proof that they're not Chinese or Korean? How do you know it's me? I don't know it's me. It's not you. Move along. Which means nothing changes except this. President Numbnuts, I'm sorry, Chairman Joe, gave a list to Putin on 16 vulnerable targets not to attack. So he just told the guy that is attacking us, here's what you need to attack because we can't handle it and it will be very bad. So brace yourself for that. The president of the United States, Chairman Dumbass Joe, someone wrote a list because he can't do it and then gave it to him. I pray it wasn't with the intent of actually saying it, but just maybe informing the potato, Chairman Joe, you know, these are the things we got to worry about. And he goes, hey, I don't want you to attack like our nuclear arms and our Navy, and I don't want you to come after our infrastructure, and uh, don't go after the Federal Reserve because that's not so good either. And, don't, and he just goes down this list telling them this is exactly where you got to go and attack. Wink, wink. Chairman Joe was talking about Syria. Well, he meant to say Syria and now helping them rebuild and so forth and with Russia's assistance because Russia gives them all the weapons. And he kept saying Libya. Not once, not twice, but three times. They're only about 13, 1400 miles apart, not even on the same continent. But hey, Libya, Syria, same but different. But there's something else that was very interesting that nobody talked about. You may have heard and probably didn't. Hawaii scrambled some F-22 fighters during the G7 while the meeting with Putin and everything was going on in Geneva, okay? And there was a mystery about that. The military wasn't saying why they did it. Like, why did you just scramble these jets and where did they go and what was the problem? And it was very hush-hush. Okay, well, I have the information. Do you want to know why Hawaii scrambled F-22 fighter jets? Because while Putin... And Chairman Joe were having their meeting. The 
Russian government deployed the largest Navy since the Cold War for war games at the same time. And it took place three to 500 miles, big fleet, because it spread them out, west of Hawaii. And bombers were there flying around a little too close to Hawaii. So we scrambled jets. They apparently didn't even realize that something like 200 ships of the Russian Navy took off and then went off towards Hawaii. And I'm like, oh, never let a crisis go to waste. Gosh, good thing Pearl Harbor 2 didn't happen because it looks like they were planning on, this is how you do it. And we sent up three F-22s. That was our response of hundreds of Soviet naval ships and their aircraft because, you know, they have aircraft. They fly around too. We sent up three. Shh, don't say nothing during the G7. That was Putin telling Biden, you're my bitch and there's nothing you can do about it. How's that settling with you? Didn't even know it, did you? That actually happened. So that's your G7. And I'm going to play a clip of uh, Chairman Joe. And I'm going to wrap that thought up and we're going to end this segment. Here you go. We're uniquely a product of an idea. You've heard me say this before again and again. But I'm going to keep saying it. What's that idea? We don't derive our rights from the government. We possess them because we're born. Period. And we yield them to a government. And we yield them to a government. You get your rights from God. Not from being born, from God. It's right there. It says it right there in black and white and has said it for hundreds of years. This guy keeps saying the wrong things and repeating it. It's like his storytelling, which he did at the G7 as well. and kept screwing up the Amtrak story. That wasn't true. But anyway, yield our rights to the government? Yield. That's what they do in Cuba, Venezuela, North Korea, China, Russia. I and the people of America, those singing the national anthem, we don't yield dick to any government ever. But that's how they think. This government is a slippery slope away from what everyone thinks is the great utopia of being a China or Soviet Union or Venezuela or Cuba. You know, North Korea is just amazing. Massive food shortages, by the way. But hey, whatever. This utopia doesn't exist. It does not exist. There's nothing you can do to manipulate. All you can do is hurt people, and that's all they do. Yield your rights. That guy keeps talking. They keep putting them out there. And I want to I close this segment with a, a, a clip from CNN because I think it's important. You know, this isn't just Fox News or Newsmax or whatever, just throwing things out there because they're always going to be criticizing him. But I want you to hear this clip from CNN about this visit, this administration, and how they are openly allowing Chairman Joe to get away with everything. Play the clip before getting on a plane as you know all of the really images and the narrative from this summit is set he wanted to take that off the table but we have seen uh, president biden do that frequently what we've not seen him do is answer questions uh, like that without his aides screaming at him to stop i have never seen a president covering the last four of them who is so protected by his aides in terms of uh, often not wanting him to answer some questions they interesting right the super left are calling out themselves and allowing what's happening to happen. Interesting. There, there, little monkey dude. I'm being oppressed. 
So we got critical race theory. CRT is coming to a school district near you or a business or apparently a branch of the military as well. It is out of control. Okay. It is out of control. And again, like I've said, people are starting every week more and more like that would never have spoken up, never gone to a school board meeting, never have gone on and wrote an article for an op-ed in a local paper. None of these people a month ago would have ever done this. But now there's that line. Democrats, Marxists, liberals, commies, socialists, whatever you want to call them, it's all the same to me, are crossing lines that people of all races and genders are like, "Uh uh-uh, that's it. You can't go that far. You have a woman from New York, okay? She went on uh, Fox and she spoke because she went to a meeting and uh, chewed her butt for it. And I want to play the clip of what she said and then we'll kind of go from there. Joins us now. Good morning, Tatiana. Good morning. Good morning. So obviously you're fed up. What took you to this point where you wanted to fight so hard? So, you know, um, when I started seeing the changes in my daughter, when I started hearing um, the changes in other children around her, um, you know, the, the talk and the questions of why are cops killing innocent people? Um, you know, why why don't we like black people? Why don't blacks like us? Why is all these why are all these riots happening, you know, all over? What what have we done? To, to, to do this, to have caused all this, um, you know, and the negativity, the, the, the lies that they have spoken about our former president. You know, I say COVID is, was devastating. And, uh, you know, the only thing I can say COVID brought out more parents to actually see what their children were learning online. And I was one of those parents. I was paying more attention. I was watching and listening. I was going through the curriculums. I was just listening to what other children were saying. And it was it, it was terrifying, terrifying of what's happening out there. You know, people won't believe it unless they're seeing it. And we have to open our eyes because it's very terrifying. Storm's brewing. This woman is like, she's got young children. They're doing this in for five, six, seven, eight-year-olds, young children, where their best friends are black and brown and white and Asian, and they're everybody. They don't even recognize color. That's all the adults on the left side pointing everything out and, and labeling and categorizing and isolating. These are kids that are going out to play, and their big hard-on for the day is they wouldn't let me bat third or she pushed me down something stupid right that we all dealt with there's no big deal but now we're making innocent little children you know a part of this teaching them to be racist that you know you're white so you're bad why am i bad my mommy says i'm good and no you're bad your mom's wrong because you're white and telling the black kid the opposite or whatever it's like hey they're just kids chill out This is going on in school districts. Here, I got a young lady who, down in Florida, went to a school board meeting. Her name was Keisha King. Are you ready? 
My name is Keisha King. I'm a mom of two, one who's in the Duval County public school system and one in private school thanks to school choice. I'm also a member of Moms for Liberty, uh, representing thousands of parents. Just coming off of May 31st, marking the 100 years of the Tulsa riots, it is sad that we are even contemplating something like critical race theory, where children will be separated by their skin color and deemed permanently oppressors or oppressed in 2021. That is not teaching the truth, unless you believe that whites are better than blacks. I have personally heard teachers teaching CRT, and we have had an assembly shut down because Duval County Public School System consultant thought it would be a great idea to separate students by race. This is unacceptable. CRT is not racial sensitivity or simply teaching unfavorable American history or teaching Jim Crow history. CRT is deeper and more dangerous than that. CRT and its outworking today is a teaching that there is a hierarchy in society where white, male, heterosexual, able-bodied people are deemed the oppressor and anyone else outside of that uh, status is oppressed. That's why we see corporations like Coca-Cola asking their employees to be less white, which is ridiculous. I don't know about you, but telling my child or any child that they are in a permanent oppressed stat, uh, status in America because they are black is racist. And saying that white people are automatically above me, my children, or any child is racist as well. This is not something that we can stand for in our country. And don't take it from me. Look at the writers of these types of uh, publications. Our ancestors, white, black, and others, hung, bled, and died right alongside each other to push America towards that more perfect union. If this continues, we will look back and be responsible for the dismantling of the greatest country in the world by reverting to teaching hate and that race is a determining factor on where your destiny lies. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. We're not even close to done with this. This is festering because it's now summertime. School boards are going out, and they're like, hey, next year's uh, scholastic agenda is being set, and uh, parents are going, uh-uh. White parents, brown parents, black parents, Asian parents, all of them are going out going, uh-uh. This isn't going to happen. And th that young lady, Keisha, she's right. Just like Joe's saying, you poor kids are just as smart and capable as white kids because there are no, no poor white kids. <laughs> okay, sure. The people telling you you were racist, the people pointing at you, the people claiming, you know, rewriting terms of anti-racist, non-racist, and all this other crap, racist in their actions and their words. You substitute whatever they want to claim is bad. Now it's, you know, white's bad. Well, put black in there then. Well, that makes it racist. Well, then why isn't white racist? Why isn't the black and the white? You can't just flip words and say the meaning changes. It's the same meaning, same context, the same point isolating children. I don't want, we're going to segregate. That's what the school districts are. We want the black kids over here and we want the white kids over here. Yeah, we, that was done. And Martin Luther King and the black and white communities of the fifties and sixties rose up and said, ah, ah. the division is not in the neighborhoods. It's there because when you look at who runs those cities, Lori Lightfoot, Chicago, that lovely young lady down in Atlanta. I mean, these are some of the most incompetent people on the planet running Democrat cities. You couldn't put five of these people together and get one thought that made any sense. They're babbling idiots. And people that are educated, and this is why I keep saying it, get educated, get involved, get your kids to school, because you as a parent and you as kids and your futures, no matter your race or gender, is going to be way better. And you're going to be ahead of the curve. You won't be a sheep. You will think for yourself. 
you will listen to information and facts more likely than not. Because if you're just going to sit there and go living in the streets, because my mayor says that I'm black and then I don't have a chance because white people. And then that mama goes, yeah, white people. Yeah. Last time I checked, there wasn't a white guy that knocked her up seven times. Just saying it's just the way it is. Maybe it's that guy that knocked her up seven times or the seven guys that knocked her up seven times. I don't know. Maybe it's her. Maybe she should take responsibility for her own, you know, body. It, it's, it's just tragic. Now, this next clip, this is a young black man. It's great. Play it. When you talk about critical race theory, which is pretty much going to be teaching kids how to hate each other, how to dislike each other, that's pretty much what it's going to that's pretty much all I can say. It's pretty much what it's going to all come down to. You're going to deliberately teach kids this white kid right here got it better than you because he white? You're going to purposely tell a white kid, oh, the black people are all down and suppressed. How do I have two medical degrees if I'm sitting here oppressed? How do I get, first of all, time up, because I only got five minutes now, five minutes. Two medical degrees, no mom, no dad in the house, worked my way through college, sat there and hustled my butt off to get through college. You're going to tell me somebody that looked like all y'all white folks kept me from doing that? Are you serious? Not one white person ever came to me and said, well, son, you're never going to be able to get nowhere because you know the black people. But guess what? What's sickening about this whole thing is what y'all doing right now is already something I do in my community right now to speak out against stuff because black folks are getting told by other black folks, oh, you know you ain't going to be able to do nothing out there in the world because them white folks ain't going to let you get no. Oh, you know you're not going to be able to do it here because you know, white, the, the white man, the white man going to keep you down. Well, how did I get where I am right now if some white man kept me down? How am I now directing over folks that look just like you guys in this room right now? How? What, what, what kept me down? What oppressed me? I work for myself from off the streets to where I am right now. You going to sit there and tell me this lie of critical race theory? Of this, this, this the reason why black folks can't get ahead because of white folks? Are you kidding me? This is what we come to now. I can't believe we're even talking about this right now. The last thing I'm going to say right here is something that's crazy. Martin Luther King said he wanted his kids to grow up in a world where they are judged by the contents of their what? Character. Their character, not their skin. If they let this stuff go on right now, it is absolutely doing the complete reverse of what he's doing. So when February come, don't talk about Martin Luther King. When February come, don't talk about black history. Mother dog will sit there and just pee much pee on his grave with this nonsense. That's exactly what's about to happen. Lastly, we are talking about our kids. We are talking about our children. What's so sickening about me, I love the Discovery Channel. You will see that on the Discovery Channel, animals will put their lives on the line to protect their children from danger. Nobody want to get to the heart of the matter, get to the meat of the matter, get to the moral of the story. It all comes down to it. The person that's going to be suffering from this, the one that's going to be hurt from this, is the kids. Ten years from now, if this stuff goes on, whose fault is it going to be? Whose fault is it going to be? Who are we going to look back on and blame for this? Because this is the stuff we're talking about right now. This stuff is going on right now. I do this stuff on a daily basis. I'm in the hood. I'm in the communities. I'm out there with folks in their face. I've been doing stuff since I was 18 years old, talking to black folks. And you know what? None of them are buying this nonsense. None of them are. But if you want to implement this into the school system, I guarantee you to the day that I die, I'm going to be the very person right there debunking stuff, tearing stuff down, letting them know they can do exactly what I did and get exactly where I am by putting themselves to work and getting there. Ain't not one white person ever going to keep any of them from getting there. So the CRT stuff, BS. So when I say it because I'm a white guy, I'm racist. Is he a racist? Is that young black man and that young black woman, are they racist for saying exactly the same thing I'm saying? Exactly. Mic drops. Common sense. It gives you hope. People out there are seeing through the BS, the minutia, the lies, the hate. This isn't conservative and right wing. And this isn't white people. This is not, it is white people that are scumbag commies. And socialists and Marxists.
playing the game, making another race community black the victim. They're this close to losing them. Do you understand that? They're this close to losing them as a voter block forever. And then you'll see things like, oh, did you hear down on the border of Mexico there was a mayoral race with 85% Latino population and the Republican won handedly? Cue the panic at the DNC. What? We lost a border town with a bunch of Mexicans? Ah! Yeah, you got your butt kicked. Is it a prelude or is it a precursor to what's to come? Maybe. It really depends on the candidates. I mean, if you put up a potato, you know, the people on the conservative side tend to not like potatoes. Only French fried. Just kidding. But the left just, you know what? You're just not the orange man, so you've got to be our choice. But you don't know anything about doesn't matter. The guy said racism doesn't matter. The guy, you know, pervs on children doesn't matter. Okay. (laughs) Sorry, but for folks over here in the white, black, and brown communities that are starting to pay attention every day, every week, it's starting to matter. Welcome to the resistance. It gets better. We have a North Korean defector, young lady. She's almost 30 years old. She defected. She's here in the States. She's very smart. She's getting educated out in the Ivy League school area. She's been making the rounds because she wrote an article about how ridiculously oppressive and single-minded Ivy League school education is. She compared it to North Korea one of the most oppressive regimes on the planet about you will think this and you will believe this and you will scream this. If you ever go on National Geographic, which no one ever does, but if you watch the channel and they do like Inside North Korea, I highly recommend you watch one of those. It could be the one like the the reporter lady snuck in or it could be the one about the medical doctors that go in. They don't thank the medical doctors. They go to the big wall mural of... Kim Jong-un and Kim Jong-il and all them, they're God. They are a deity to the people of North Korea. She tells them this. And, they, and you can see it on TV. They cry and bow and thank you so much for giving me my eyesight back and so forth. Fanatical. That's what they're teaching in Ivy League schools. She's comparing the two. She is the only one in these conversations that can logically and intelligently share that story because she lived there for 20 years, saw it, Came here, and she's like, whoa, this is the same thing. But they're paying them $100,000 a year to get brainwashed. Do you get it? You're, you're going to an Ivy League school in these you know, left-leaning institutions, and you're paying them to brainwash you. That's how good we are. They just brainwash or kill you over there. We get you to pay to be stupid. What do you do with that? And there's a, another one out there. There's a mom... Chinese woman who lived under the oppression and the takeover of Mao in China. Mentioned that last week. 60 million, you know, dead. She was there. She saw it. She was able to escape it. She comes here and she sees what's going on with critical race theory. Just like the young lady from North Korea that's a student here and lives here. Free. This young, this woman says, it's repeating itself. This is how it began in China. I'm going to go ahead and take the word of two women that have lived in oppressive regimes that deny freedoms. Remember, yield them to the government? That's what the potato said. It's happening. And thankfully, as I played these clips and read some things to you, we're waking up. It's never too late. Even when you think it's too late, it's never too late to fight back. So we're going to end this segment on this. Did you hear about the Yale School of Medicine speaker? 
She was a lecturer. Her name was Dr. Aruna Kiliani. She's a New York-based forensic psychiatrist and psychoanalyst. While speaking at Yale, okay, you're not going to believe this. I had fantasies of unloading a revolver into the head of any white person. She said that. Here's other things she said during this. This is the cost of talking to white people at all. The cost of your own life as they suck you dry. They are no good apples out there. White people make my blood boil. Here's the, I had fantasies of unloading a revolver into the head of any white person that got in my way, bearing their body, wiping my bloody hands as I walked away relatively guiltless with a bounce in my step like I did the world a effing favor. White people are out of their minds and they have been for a long time. I'm gonna keep going because this is just priceless. White people feel that we are bullying them when we bring up race. They feel that we should be thanking them for all that they have done for us. They are confused and so are we. We keep forgetting that directly talking about race is a waste of our breath. We are asking a demented, violent predator who thinks that they are a saint or superhero to accept responsibility. It ain't gonna happen. They have five holes in their brain. It's like banging your head against a brick wall. It's just like sort of not a good idea. We must take a stand. We must speak out because this is evil. She's referring to white people this entire time. I don't care who you voted for. You know this is evil. This woman got an education at an Ivy League school, clearly. She goes back to an Ivy League school and spews that. A psychiatrist that is apparently works with the police sometimes because it's a forensic psychologist, sits there and tells you, I have fantasies of shooting a white person in the head a lot, bearing them and giggling my happy ass away. These people are in the medical profession. They're in all professions. I'm telling you, this is why I say and repeat week after week, you are the resistance. The bartender's aunt, she's spoken up. Remember, this is a follow-up to the last two weeks about mi abuela, mi abuela living in squalor. And then the money was raised and then rejected. Yeah. And I told you, I said, you're blaming, she blames Trump because, you know, evil orange man. But it was the Puerto Rican government that actually just kept the money for themselves. So here's the aunt of the bartender. She disputes the claim that Trump is at the fault for Puerto Rico aid issues. We had the assistance, and this is a quote, and it didn't get to the people. This is my shocked face. Who didn't see this coming? AOC is a hypocrite and a liar. Thanks for playing. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. California. Assault ban overturned by federal judge. <sighs> crowd goes wild. So that'll keep going on. But yeah, we banned assault weapons like forever ago. And uh, we all still have them because they, they banned them in the term and they said they couldn't do this and couldn't do that. And they couldn't have magazines that pop out and things like that. Um, there's a million ways to get around all that. And, uh, I did and I do. And so does everybody else in California. And that's why I believe the word is we have more semi-automatic rifles, uh, as a populace than any other state in the union. It's a 
Good luck with that. So, of course, Adolf Newsom is super upset because, well, they could be used against him. Um, (laughs) You know, so all the left-wingers are losing their minds that the California overturned the ban. Like, yeah, it's going to go to the Supreme Court, and that'll be done in the end of that in about a year. So thanks for playing. Birthing people. You guys ever heard that term? I hadn't until just recently. And I got a couple of clips. Um, It's a left-wing Marxist thing. See, there's no more men and women. They've emasculated men and are doing all they can to turn them into homosexuals and betas. And uh, then there's women. And I've been talking about the attack on women. They're going after women's sports. Guys can become chicks just like that and go in there in the Olympics and weight lift or run track, whatever. It doesn't matter. Women, doesn't matter. You, You shut up. Women don't matter. Well, apparently moms don't matter because that's what it is. So in government activity and when it comes to spending money and things like that, they're removing the term moms and mothers and replacing it with birthing people. Here's one clip. I also noticed you changed a term in your budget work. Uh, You shifted from in places from using the term mother to birthing people rather than mother. Can you help me get a good definition of birthing people? Well, I'll I'll check on the language there, but I think if we're talking about those who give birth, I think we're talking about, uh, I I don't know how else to explain it to you other than... I I was a little taken back when I just read it and saw it, that that the term mother was gone in spots and it was replaced with birthing people. And I didn't know if this was a direction that you were going, if there were shifts, if there are regulatory changes that are happening related to that or what the purpose of that is. Uh, I think it's probably, and again, I, I'd have to go back and take a look at the language that was used in the budget, but I think it, it simply reflects the work that's being done. Oh, I, oh, I definitely get that. I would, I would only say well, the language is important always. We don't want to offend in our language. I get that. But would you at least admit calling a mom a birthing person could be offensive to some moms uh, that they don't want to get like a happy birthing person card in May, or I mean, can you at least admit that that term itself could be offensive to some moms? Senator, I'll, I'll go back and take a look at the, the, the terminology that was used and I can get back to you. But again, if we're, if we're trying to be precise in, in the language that's used. Mom's a pretty good word. That's, that's worked for a while. And I think that's pretty precise as well. That's your HHS secretary, former attorney general of California, Becerra, who has no medical health, nothing, but he's in there changing words. And then you ask him to define it. And he goes, you know, I, uh, you don't get it. Somebody wrote it down. I just, I don't, did it, did it. so men can have babies now. Even if you're a transgender dude, you can have a baby now. You can't. I'll, I'll just help you with that right now. You cannot only, only biological females, women by that definition can have a baby. So that'd be a mom or a mother. Birthing people, here we go, here we go. And uh, we got another clip. Same topic, play it. The budget requests $26 million to reduce maternal mortality and eliminate race-based disparities in outcomes among, quote, birthing people. Uh, This is a shift from recent budgets, which referred to maternal health issues as women's issues. I've never heard the term before. Can you explain what it means? Uh, absolutely. Uh, there, there are certain uh, people who do not uh, have uh, gender identities that apply to female or male. 
And so we think our language needs to be more inclusive in how we deal with complex issues. Uh, I think the underlying issue is most important that your colleagues, Lauren Underwood and others are working on, is to try to ensure that uh, those of color who are uh, giving birth leave the hospital alive. And that, that's the issue rather than the, the verbiage. Uh, the verbiage matters, but the underlying issue is extremely important. And a lot of your colleagues are working hard on this uh, because all of those giving birth uh, should have access to the same quality health care. So is the administration's official policy to relate replace the term woman with birthing people? I think our official policy is to make sure when people uh, get service from their government that they feel included, and we're trying to use inclusive language. Okay, interesting. Shalonda Young, ladies and gentlemen, the OMB director for Chairman Joe. <sighs> she said verbiage like three times. It's a verbiage. It's, it's the verbiage. It's the words you're choosing poorly. But uh, yeah, so women's issues, women's rights, feminists out there, hello, hello, are you out there? Are you paying attention to any of this? Because you're now being erased. Now dudes with tackle tucked in there, they're birthing people, I guess, because you don't want to offend them. And then she brings up race because she's a black woman. She said I had to bring up the race thing. We just want to make sure people of color get out of the hospital alive. Is that a problem? I'm, I wasn't aware that racist hospitals were out there. Uh, you know, I know Planned Parenthood has no problem extinguishing black people, but, you know, that's fine. I'm just, I'm, I'm very puzzled by all this, concerned, and this is something that should be bothering more people. And I guess in time it will. You'll, you'll join the parade and hop on my train. <laughs> what you say? Wait, what? Birthing people? When the hell did that start? Well, it started this week. The budget refers to women and mothers as birthing people. We took a three-letter word and turned it into two words that are, you know, like 14 letters or something. Just stupid. Because we don't offend anyone. But yet I'm offended. And, you, and, and every woman out there that can have or will or chose not to have a baby should be offended. You are a biological female. You are the only ones that can have babies. I am a biological male. I'm the only one that can help you do that. That's how this works. It's science. Remember, you guys all love that. And that guy upstairs called God. So I was enjoying this uh, article. made me really kind of giggle. You remember how Coke spoke out against Georgia and voting and all that stuff? And uh, you might not have noticed, but sales of Coke have kind of gone into the uh, potty. Just gotten flushed. Um Again, people are voting with their wallets, so much so that Coke had to come out with a, this was for last week, just didn't get to it. You could go to a bar and get a free Coke well, with your drink kind of thing because they had to promote Coke again with the alcohol beverages because people were like, yeah, Pepsi's fine, whatever, because you want the whiskey or whatever anyway. You don't really care about the soda pop. So their bars are dropping Coca-Cola. Like, screw these guys because patrons don't really want it. Then Ronaldo, during the Euro Cup, uh, he's on Portugal. He's a soccer player. Uh, they put Coke bottles out in front of him. He's a health nut. He took his left arm and went swoosh, and he knocked the Coke bottles off of his presser at the beginning and knocked them on the floor. This is how powerful your voice is. It, whether you're Ronaldo or not, the uh, stock price of Coke after that incident the next day, yeah, dropped like 7%. They lost billions of dollars because Ronaldo went, give me water. You want water? Because uh, that stuff's bad for you. Yeah, it is. It'll kill you. We've talked about that. If you've been paying attention, I've talked about how Coca-Cola, yeah, how many black people has that killed? Still stands. Guy from Portugal has to do it to drive the price of Coke down. 
<laughs> That's too good. So climate change. Okay, I this is one of my favorite topics, and I, I wish you know COVID would go away and Chairman Joe would go away <laughs> so we could talk about things like this. But I just briefly, okay. So a report comes out that says climate change is a direct link to heat deaths. That the numbers are directly linked and it's and it's only growing. And they're talking about heat stroke and things like that. And then it says it's directly connected to cardiovascular issues. Wait, 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 whoa. What does cardiovascular issue have to do with climate change? It seems to have more in line with Coke. <laughs> I mean, that's what kind of gives you heart trouble and problems that I've been talking about. So eating poorly, exercising little or none, causes cardiovascular issues. Maybe a little genetic. But most of it is your diet and lack of exercise. That makes you fat. So when you go out into the sun and you get hot from walking to your car to the grocery store to get more Doritos and you fall over, it's not because the climate's changing. It's because you fat. So that was a waste of money and time. Climate change is leading to Well, if you're out in the heat and you're overexerting yourself, yeah, I've gotten heat stroke like three times in my life. And obviously I survived it. You push yourself too hard. It's not a climate thing. That's a human thing called pride and arrogance. You just push because you can. And you want to know how far you can go. That's how far you can go. And if you eat Doritos and Coca-Cola and don't exercise, you're not going to last long. It ain't got a damn thing to do with climate. So the last thing is there's a nuclear power plant in China. And French authorities have alerted the United States of a problem. It's leaking. And they're releasing steam into the area because the pressure's building up. China says, nothing to see here. It's totally fine. I just want to remind you all that history repeats itself because we never, never, ever, ever, ever learn Chernobyl, 80s, Soviet Union, ring a bell. Nothing to see here. Just a minor incident. We got it under control. Thousands are dead. Tens of thousands have cancer. The actual death toll is like four. Big lie. To this day, I'm telling you, China and Russia, it's a problem. There's no way Chairman Joe can handle any of this. Be the peace. That's a wrap for this week's episode. Be the peace. Don't let emotion get the best of you. Remember, you are the resistance. God bless you, your family, and America. America.